the best way to understand the meaning and the decipher the meaning of each letter and each word is through un understanding the the arabic understanding the different meanings of the terms understanding the grammar uh, and so on so people need to understand first the arabic arabic grammar arabic poetry arabic literature then we can delve in the writings of Sheikh Muhyiddin. Yeah. Greetings, Salam Alaikum, welcome everyone. My name is Saqib, your host on the Hikmah Project podcast. And today we'll be speaking to Dr. Hani Ibrahim. We've invited him again on our show. And uh, in today's podcast, we firstly touch on the metaphysics of uh, Arabic grammar and look at examples of how the Sheikh Al Akbar is able to derive the highest esoteric and metaphysical meanings through etymology and syntax and grammatical structures. And then we uh, move on to a discussion on the Fasus al-Hikam and the various commentaries available from Jandi, Kesri, Kashani and Abdul Ghani Nabulsi. So just to give you the heads up, inshallah in the next couple of weeks we're planning to launch a course well, two courses. The first course will be on uh, Quranic Arabic, uh, in which we learn uh, Sarf and Nahum, morphology and grammar. Uh, and this will be a beginner's course. And then look at application of uh, the grammar in texts such as uh, the Wazifa of Ibn Mashish, Ibn Arabi's Prayers of the Week, the Wird, and Islatul Faidiyah. Um, and such um, spiritual texts and then the second part of the course or the second course will be on the Fasus itself and we'll um, have a reading directly from the Arabic alongside some classical commentaries such as uh, Sheikh Abdul Ghani Nabulsi and Kaysri Kashani um, and we'll do a line by line reading of uh, the Fasus with both courses with Dr. Hani Ibrahim, inshallah. Uh, so, more details on those courses um, in due course as we just finalize the details. So, other than that, please do join as a member, as a free member, supporting member to keep up to date with uh, announcements and obviously support the project. Uh, and uh, in due course in the next couple of weeks I should be uh, emailing out uh, details of how you can then sign up. So without further ado, here's a podcast. Welcome Sidi Hani Ibrahim. It's so lovely to have you again on another Hikma Project podcast. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure and honour. So, Sidi, can we begin by having a discussion on Arabic and the way Ibn Arabi uses the the nuances of the Arabic language? And I'd just like to start by Bismillah Rahman Rahim referencing the Quranic verse in Anzalnahu Quranan Arabian Allakum Taqilun. In which we have revealed uh, the Quran. Uh, an Arabic Quran, so that you may <coughs> that loon intellection reflection. Yes, exactly. So, how 
can one approach and delve into the Gnostic and metaphysical understanding of the Arabic language? And could you give us examples of how Sheikh Muhyiddin Ibn al-Arabi uh, utilizes the uh, etymology of the language? Okay. Uh, first of all, like when I teach my students and I ask them, because I teach Arabic, Arabic literature, and also Sufism and Islam, uh, when I ask them, why did God uh, choose uh, the Arabic language for his uh, final message to humankind? They, some students say because of the beauty of the Arabic language. I told them, no, it's the vast richness of the Arabic vocabulary and the Arabic terms and ter terminology, including the Arabic grammar. And I gave uh, an example just mentioning the uh, the word Allah, you can recite it either with a sukun, Allah. So what does what does the word sukun mean? It means serenity and peace, sakana. Okay. So when you mention the word, the name Allah, the greatest name Allah, with a sukun, al tajalli or the manifestation or the theophany of the name Allah with a sukun, you will receive specific meanings that you will taste in your heart with the sukun. When you mention Allah with the dham, even the word dhamma, dhamma means is to hold and to hug. So when you mention Allahu, 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 you will taste the manifestation of the divine hug of the name Allah. When you mention Allah with a fatha, Allah, Allah, you will receive openings. That's why it's called fatha. Fatha means opening. <laughs> okay? Al-Kasra, Allahi. Allahi. As if someone who has a broken heart, you will feel the tenderness that God is touching your heart, your broken heart. That's why the sheikh, uh, the sheikh, when you, when you have the tariqah or the path from a specific sheikh, the sheikh is responsible. Allah gave him insight not to reveal your faults, but to reveal what you require, what you need to elevate yourself. So, for example, I see this person, oh, I want God to give him a divine hug. Okay, so mention Allahu, Allahu, Allahu. So the role of the sheikh is like a physician of the heart. He is God gives him the prescription <clears throat> to assist the murids, to assist the spiritual seekers to elevate and transcend and taste the and taste uh, these high spiritual uh, meanings. Also, for example, when you mentioned us about Sheikh Muhammad Arabi, when I spoke about love, for example, the word hawa. Uh, how many people translate it as um, desire? Okay? But Ibn Arabi, he said about the, the word hawa in Arabic, mean, one of the meanings of it is to fall down. Yeah, we, to fall. So the first thing, you fall in love. Mm. <laughs> so the Arabic word explains it. Okay, And then he says about the reasons of falling in love. So when this form of love, al-hawa, falls in the heart, it leaves a small seed, habba, 
<laughs> so one of the meanings of love is also hub, but also habba means a small seed. So a small seed of uh, the form of love enters the heart and then sprouts into a big tree. And then it becomes fixed or a fixation. It becomes a wood. God will, will, will affix his love in their hearts. So this is as, as, an, as uh, an example. Uh, if you understand and contemplate on the different uh, meanings of the Arabic words of the Quran, it will open up much more meanings uh, than a person, for example, a Mu'tazari or an Ash'ari or a Shia, inputting their own ideologies and creeds and beliefs on the Qur'an. No, you leave the Qur'an to open and decipher itself. Like uh, my supervisor, Dr. Morni Joy, uh, she was a student of a famous uh, French hermeneutic philosopher, Paul Ricoeur, and she made me read and study Ricoeur. One of the uh, methodologies of Paul Ricoeur, and I used it in the context of Sheikh Muhammad ibn Arabi, is that when you read the book, when you read the text specifically by Gnostics, when you read the, the text, let the words and the meanings of the terms and, and sentences open up their meaning or their intended meaning when you read their books. So similarly, when you read the books of Sheikh Muhyiddin in Arabic, let the meanings uh, uh, open up and let the text itself decipher itself. Mm. Okay? So this is why the difference to Sheikh Muhyiddin, he said, when he talked about philosophy, <clears throat> He says in uh, the Futuhat, uh, part 6, page 521, <coughs> The word philosopher or philo and Sufiya, the love means the love of wisdom. He says, Every uh, rational person loves wisdom. Especially those who rationalize things, their mistakes, when they speak about theology, the discourse on God, their mistakes are more than getting the, uh, the things correct or right. Either if uh, he or she are a philosopher, or mu'tazili, so he's talking about understanding such writings. It's about matters of the heart. It's not through thinking or rationalizing. So why the more uh, their mistakes are much more than getting the meaning correct. But if you open your, your heart to the uh, intended meanings in the books, such as the books of Sheikh Muhyiddin, their meanings will 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 open up. Sidi, mm. I just want to take this definition of Ihsan from the Gabriel Hadith of what is Islam, what is Iman, what is Ihsan. And yes. as we all know, the definition of Ihsan, if you do not see him, he sees you, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said. I believe Sheikh Al-Akbar um, also 
adds a nuance to this in which he looks at the madzum uh, from the lam for in lam takun yes and uh, drops the alif on tarahu to become tarahu so if you are mm. not if you are not you see him mm. and could you say something about this uh, way of reading and uh, the acceptability of dropping the alif uh, yes. is that a grammatical rule and how the Sheikh al-Akbar has able to do this time and time again he he, he yeah. plays with etymology and the grammatical syntax to derive the yeah. highest metaphysical meaning while also not in any way opposing the literal meaning so in in many ways he's more literal than the literalist because he goes into the word <laughs> and then he's, yes. he's able to expand multiple yeah. variations so yes. could you say is that correct and could you say that's something? correct Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. So the hadith of the Prophet, when uh, Jibreel asked the Prophet, Mal Ihsan, Prophet uh, re- replied, Al Ihsan an ta'budallaha ka'annaka tarahu. He added the kafir mm. <laughs> as if mm. you worship God as if. So the letter kafir is a veil. Ka'annaka. Mm. But actually, who's witnessing who? Is it you witnessing him or him witnessing himself through you? Exactly. <laughs> so in the Quran also, God, Allah describes the calf, the letter calf. So the letter calf is a veil on top of witnessing the divine names and attributes. As if I am. No, it's not. You even witness him in the veil, even in the letter calf. That's why a verse in the Quran, Allah says, <laughs> so kaf here has different meanings. Kafin is sufficient. Isn't God sufficient for you? But also the letter kaf. <laughs> okay. Also, when you recite, for example, Surah Al-Nas, uh, when you recite it continuously, anas people is maksur. And so when you read it, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرَ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ Anas he means the forgetful, the one who forgets. <laughs> so the grammar, Anas deciphering the Quran, not from uh, a particular perspective, whether it's Sunni, Ash'ariya, Mu'tazili, or Shia, people input their own ideologies on the Quran. This mm. is a mistake. No, you let the meanings of the Quran open itself through the language of Arabic of the Quran and its grammar and the diacritics, the tashkir. Mm. Why? Because God intend He chose the Arabic language as the final message, and this is the miracle and continuation that uh, validates the continuation of the miracle of the Quran by opening up these different meanings till the end of time. That's why the miracle of the Quran is continuous and will continue to go ahead until the end of time because the different meanings will keep continuing and opening up. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Sidi, the Famous verse 
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Subhanallazi asra fi abdihi layla. Glory be to one who took his servant by night. I believe Angela Jaffrey translated uh, Sheikh Al-Akbar's book, uh, The Secrets of Voyaging, Kitab yes. al And in there, the point was made about uh, the harf or jar, the, um, the, the, the letter ba on bi abdihi. And if you remove mm. the ba, it's abduhu. And mm. so the, the ha has a kasra. And yes. Uh, when you add B, so the, the, the joining, he is with his servant yeah. at his lowest point, which the Prophet, yeah. peace be upon him, was when, before he went on the mirage, he was completely broken. His wife had died, uncle died, and yeah. he's at the lowest point after Taif. Um, and and so, you know, again, that sort of syntax. But is that not amazing? I mean, is the Sheikh Al-Akbar uh, unique in... Uh, learning the Qur'an from the Qur'an to the letter, to the symbolic form, to, to everything, really, he finds in the Qur'an and, and Hadith? Uh, it's a, this is uh, a unique perspective, a unique methodology, and that's why the Prophet Muhammad left the interpretation and understanding of the meaning of the Qur'an to the companions to understand it through God himself. Mm. It's mm. a direct relationship between each person and God. That's why God says in the Quran, When you are God-fearing and pious, God himself will teach you. Mm. That's why the Prophet never uh, left a complete commentary or interpretation of the Quran. He left it to the relationship between you and God so you can understand, God will give you the meaning of the Quran himself. Hmm. Also, I forgot to mention when he said, فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَى فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ If you are not, this is annihilation, هذا فناء. Because you hmm. see yourself witnessing him. Hmm. Who's witnessing who? فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ If you are not aware of your own existence, you will realize that your existence is merely his own existence. فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَى If you are not, you will see him. Mm. But actually, it's here in this sense, the Aleph, the Aleph al-Tawheed. Mm. Aleph al-Tawheed or al-Wahidiyya. Okay? If you take it away, تَرَاهُ تَرَى He's seeing, witnessing himself. Because uh, no one sees Allah except himself. <coughs> Beautiful. And I believe that's also reinforced by the verse Shahid Allah wannahu la ilaha illahu. Yes, exactly. Yes. This is the religion of God. Yes. Uh, sometimes yes. I tell people, what is the religion of, of Allah? You see, is Islam. No, no. The religion of Islam is your religion that which he chose for you to come to him. Hmm. You submit to him. But his religion is Tawheed. One of the names of Allah is Al-Mu'min. What does he believe in? <laughs> You as a mu'min, you believe in him. But one of his names is al-mu'min. What does he believe in? He believes in himself. As you mentioned, the, the verse in Surah Al-Amran, Shahid Allahu annahu la ilaha illahu. He witnessed to himself that there are no gods except him. Wal-malaika. So the angels are Gnostics. Ar-arafuna billah. Huwa ulul ilm qa'iman bil-qist. Then followed by the ulul ilm. Ilm here not, does not mean scholarship. or No. Ulul ilm billah. Al-arafuna billah. 
So as I said, Muslims know and recognize each other. The believers or the mu'mineen know and recognize each other. The muhsinun know and recognize each other. And also the Gnostics are arifun, know and recognize each other. Mm. That's why they say, man araf, whoever tasted has known. Mm. <coughs> and see the book by Imam al-Kushari on Nahul al-Qulub, uh, I believe, uh, takes grammatical concepts and applies metaphysical um, symbolism to them. Could you say yes. something about that? And give some Imam examples. Imam uh, Qushiri, he, he uh, wrote this book and he mentioned that this is referenced. And he, even the Arabic grammar, the, the, the terminologies and terms of it refer to Gnostical meanings. Like, for example, the verb al-fa'il. Al-fa'il al-haqiqa on the reality al-fa'il huwa Allah. Well, maf'ul bihi every other creation maf'ulun bihi. Okay? Al-sifa. When he speaks about uh, al-sifa. He's speaking about the sifatullah. So, as Sheikh Muhyiddin and many Sufis say that creation huwa, uh, are the words of God. Everything that you see. That's why when Allah says innama amruhu idha arada shay'an so everything is the literal logos of the word of God. Okay. So if creation is uh, uh, the words of God, then they must have grammatical syntax which organizes them. <laughs> okay. So each sentence you can say creation is a sentence. Whatever what you see around you are the sentences and words and which have been written by uh, the point okay and nukta that's why when you see when you're discussing something uh, do you see the point in my argument <laughs> so an nukta is the manifestation of the self in everything the core the ayn al-ashya this is the nukta that's why uh, as you, uh, you said, the Arabs could read the Quran from the Hijazi script, which was uh, the earliest written form of the Quran, without the Nuqat. But as Islam expanded, Nuqat were needed and required, as you said, for the Ahajim, so they can read the Quran without uh, mistakes, like the Ba, the Ya, the Ta. Okay, the Qaf, the Fa, the Ain, the Ghin, the Ha, the Jim, and and so on. So the points when they were added to the Quran, non-Arabs or the Ahajim could see the point in everything mm. and the meanings of it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Sidi, that brings us quite nicely onto uh, the intention of uh, our plans to, inshallah, uh, run an Arabic course for those who are interested in Gnosis and Sufi metaphysics and to have some sort of curriculum, which obviously it's an endless journey uh, in many ways, but, you know, uh, but being able to delve into texts like Ibn Arabi's words or prayers for the week, and then to learn some basic uh, sarf and, and nahu, some morphology and grammar. Could you say something about how that might look like or how you envisage or suggest a course like that is set up? Uh, I think this goes back to the mainstream tradition of Islam first by learning 
Arabic, learning uh, the Arabic alphabet, learning vocabulary, learning uh, grammar of the Arabic, then memorizing the Quran, and then memorizing the Hadith, then learning uh, under a specific school of fiqh or jurisprudence, then taking the path or the tariq to Allah uh, through a sheikh. So this is these are the steps that are required for a person <clears throat> with these specific trainings in Arabic, then the Quran, then the Hadith, then Fiqh, then Tasawwuf, the levels of Islam, Iman, and then finally uh, Ihsan. So I think by beginning with uh, the Arabic language, specifically the Quranic uh, Arabic and and the terms uh, in the Quran, and then also reading the book Nahw al-Qulub because Imam Qushiri mentions the uh, Arabic grammar and then he references the uh, metaphysical meanings of it. Mm. Okay, then we can begin reading the books of Sidi Muhammad. Like for example, when I was um, teaching my students at the university, uh, the Arabic courses, they began opening the different meanings which uh, I took, I understood from Sheikh Muhammad and I gave it to them. So Sheikh Muhammad also contributed to my students who are learning Arabic, the different meanings. They began to understand, like uh, Asir, for example. <laughs> asir comes from the word Asir. With two things come together and squeeze, make Asir. So they began understanding the different meanings of the Arabic words mm. and opening up different meanings for them. Mm. That's why when you mentioned, for example, Fas of Husus al-Hikam. Fas, many people translated it as bezel, okay? Bezels of wisdom. I translated it as the ring stones of wisdom because uh, uh, Sheikh Muhyiddin he's talking about each of these prophets, twenty-seven prophets. Like for example, there are twenty-five prophets mentioned by name in the Quran. One who is not mentioned by name, and then he added the twenty-seventh one, Khalid ibn Sinan. Okay, so he said that each one of these prophets represents a specific manifestation of a divine meaning and a divine name. The adornments. Mm. It's Allah manifested through this uh, entity or manifestation, but appears with a specific name, a specific re representation. Okay? Mm. So each one of these prophets represents a specific name or a manifestation of divine wisdom. Mm. And also, like, yes, when we begin, for example, he said, uh, it's not about rationalizing, like he says, "Lama Subhana." When God Almighty uh, decided or willed, min husna from His divine names, la So just the first line, They are uncountable. The names of God are uncountable. So what about the ninety-nine names? The ninety-nine names are the main names which Allah wanted us to learn about him. But as Sheikh Muhammad mm. Arabi, yes, the names of God are uncountable. Mm. So, Sidi, moving the conversation on to uh, the Fusus <clears throat> al-Hikam, could you give us our a outline of what this book is mm. about and what importance it holds for Sheikh Muhyiddin ibn al-Arabi and where it sits with respect to uh, the Futuhat al-Makiyah, his, his voluminous work. Yes. 
the Futuhat al-Makkiya, uh, I consider it to be um, the best book uh, on uh, the meanings of realities uh, in Sufis. It's a magnum opus. It's an encyclopedia. Like I told, I tell also some of my uh, colleagues or friends, all I need is the Quran, books of Hadith, and the Futuhat al-Makkiya. I don't need anything else. Fusus uh, al-Hikam is a condensed book in uh, the meanings of the realities of the prophets. And uh, Sheikh Muhyiddin wrote it at the end of his life, so it's a culmination of uh, his experiences. Uh, and at the beginning, the importance of this book is that the, uh, Sheikh Muhyiddin, he said, this book was handed to me through the Prophet Muhammad. He says, فَإِنِّي رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ I saw the messenger of God في مُبَشِّرَةٍ in a رُؤْيَ or a vision أُرِيتُهَا which I saw في الْعَشْرِ الْآخِرِ مِنَ الْمُحَرَّمِ the last 10 days of Muharram in the year 627 in Damascus and he saw the Prophet. He said, وَبِيَدِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم كتاب He was holding a book فَقَالَ لِي he said to me, This is the book. Fusus al-Hikam or the ring stones of wisdom. Take it. And take it out to people. So the book uh, means so they can benefit. Did he say here the Muslims or the Mu'mins? He said people, all people. Even non-Muslims. <laughs> mm. So the, the the author or the owner of the book was the Prophet himself. Why? Because Sheikh Muhyiddin said, فَقُلْتُ أَسَّمْعُ وَالطَّاعَةِ I hear and I obey لِلَّهِ وَلِرَسُولِهِ وَأُولِي الْأَمْرِ For God and the Messenger and أُولِي الْأَمْرِ مِنَّا كَمَا أُمِرْنِ فَحَقَّقْتُ الْأُمْنِيَّةِ حَقَّقْتُ الْأُمْنِيَّةِ I uh, real, uh, I uh, obeyed and made this uh, wish a reality. And I was sincere in it. And he made only one uh, intention in writing it. As the Prophet Muhammad directed and uh, frameworked it, okay, من غير زيادة without any decrease, ولا, uh, زيادة any increase, ولا نقصان, or decrease. So the book was given to all people by the Prophet Muhammad through the Sheikh Muhyiddin. So this is the uniqueness of uh, this this book, Fusus al-Hikam. Okay? And Sidi, also in the introduction, I believe Sheikh Al-Akbar says that this book is for the Ahlullah yes. and the Ashabul Qulub, the, the people yes. of Allah and, and who, the people of the Gnostics, the people of the heart. Yes. And so could you say something about reading a spiritual text such as the Fasus as compared to an academic work in a university okay. and the levels yeah. of intelligence and Tazkiyah needed? to actually access the meanings 
Exactly. Uh, as I said, Gnostics know each other. Because as the Sufi says, Man whoever has tasted uh, knows. Like for example, and I give an example when they say, how can you describe the taste of honey if you cannot, if you did not taste it? Or how can you de describe the scent of a specific rose if you have not smelled it? So similarly, Sheikh Muhaddin said, whoever have, who has not tasted what we have tasted, it's forbidden for that person to read our books. Why? Because they might misunderstand and misinterpret the intended meaning. That's why if uh, uh, scholars such as Imam Suyuti and Imam Ibn Hagar al-Haytami, they wrote that Sheikh Muhyid ibn Arabi is one of the greatest Gnostics, but it's forbidden to haram qiraat kutub. It's forbidden to read his books because people might misunderstand his sayings and the meanings and uh, might go astray or even say bad things uh, about the Sheikh as we see and read today. No, the Sheikh... Uh, he is a Sunni, one of the greatest Sunni uh, scholars in Islam. And he draws everything from the Quran, from the Hadith, from uh, fiqh jurisprudence, from poetry, from grammar. He is unequal. That's why he's known as the Sheikh Al-Akbar. That's why the Shiuch say, the shiukh, yurabbuna al-muridin. The shiukh, rabbi al-muridin, they educate the spiritual seekers. Amma al-shiukh muhiddin, fayurabbi al-arifin. He guides the Gnostics. He gives tarbiyah or education to the Gnostics. Like when I mentioned the first point, asma' Allah al-husna allati la yablughah al-ihsan. An yara a'yanuha to see its essence, وَإِنْ شِئْتَ أَنْ يَرَى عَيْنَهُ He's seeing only the essence of Allah, only the essence of God, witnessing Allah, witnessing mm -hmm. himself in his creation. Mm -hmm. So if a person has tasted this, yes, he understands. And he, Sheikh Muhyiddin Arabi explains more and adds more. That's why reading the books of Sheikh Muhyiddin from Arif uh, Billah, uh, it provides uns, it provides comfort. Mm. Okay? Uh, it, it adds other meanings, opens other meanings. But someone who has not tasted, he must or she must feed it with a sheikh who has attained ma'rifah billah, who has uh, reached this stage and, and is given permission to teach it to others. Hmm. So a person, a sheikh could have reached just ma'rifah, gnosis, okay, but he's not given permission to teach it, then he does not teach it. But if a sheikh, and is given permission from Allah and, and his messenger and from his shiuch to teach it, then when someone reads it with an open heart, these meanings will enter it hmm. and he will benefit from it. But from the, uh, someone who has not, does not have a sheikh and has not tasted these meanings and who tries to decipher it rationally, as the Sheikh Muhammad Arabi said, his mistakes will be more than his uh, the correct meanings. So you will have more mistakes. Mm -hmm. Understanding this. Mm -hmm. Yes. <clears throat> and so some Sufis say that 
the texts, reading any text is uh, a sort of playtime. You you need to taste. Yes. And, and uh, but having tasted, if I just flip the question, having tasted, what is the role of such text if the criteria from these, according to these Sufis, which is the primary objective is simply to taste and books mm. are a way just to understand certain things, but you'll only know through tasting. But you're obviously yes. saying that, well, you can't read this unless you've tasted. So once you've yes. tasted, then what yes. role do such spiritual texts play for the Salik? Yeah, for the Salik or for the Gnostic? Both. For the Salik, okay, for the Salik, uh, it provides uh, the Salik that there are uh, spiritual experiences that could be attainable. So it gives him a role model. He sees a role model and other experiences which he might attain. So the goal is not in these experiences, as Sheikh Muhammad Arabi say, uh, says, uh, these are veils. Why? Because your goal as a spiritual seeker is Allah first. When you reach Allah, then be as you whatever you wish, like Sheikh Abu Hassan is Shazri, Sayyid Abu Hassan, he said to, to his uh, successor, Sayyid Abu Abbas al-Mursi, he said, Ya Abu Abbas, I'raf Allah, O Abu Abbas, know Allah, wakun kamashit, and then be whatever he wishes, or whatever, no, whatever you wish. Ya Abu Abbas, I'raf Allah, wakun kamashit, know Allah, then be whatever you want. <laughs> so the goal is Allah first when you reach this as a seeker then when you read such books it will provide comfort for you like for example I uh, found I found in the Futuhat Sheikh Muhajir Ma'arbi mentioned a specific experience I have never read in any book before and Alhamdulillah I experienced it and this experience uh, I never read it anywhere once I opened the, the, the Futuhat and I was reading, Sheikh Muhyiddin described this experience exactly the way I had experienced it. Dhikrullah billah, how to know that Allah mentioned himself through you. Okay, and he even mentioned the physical experience you have. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why Sheikh, uh, he is unequal. He's a Sheikh al-Akbar. Everyone else uh, yani corrects his experiences to what Sheikh Muhammad Arabi said or wrote. It's not the opposite. You correct yourself according to him. You do not correct him to what you felt. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a Sarat, yani he's the Sarat al Mustaqim. You follow what he said. That's why he's a Sheikh al Akbar. Okay. Sarat al Mustaqim in general is the Prophet Muhammad. Okay, but Sheikh Muhyiddin, you correct yourself on him, mm. not the opposite. Not the opposite. And then you mentioned for the Gnostic, the role of reading such texts is, yeah. is the it same. Provides comfort. Co it comfort. Provides yes. comfort and ons. Ons. Yeah. What's yeah. ons in English? Uh, ons. Yani. Ons. Yani. A sort of comfort, being comfortable and happy. Yeah, contentment. So, yeah, so Sidi, could you talk about um, some of the classical commentaries and the differences between them? Which one is your favorite? Yes. So we know there's Jandi, there's Daud Kaysari, Abdul Ghani Nabulsi, 
Could you give mm. us some examples from these commentaries and which one you your heart resonates with and and why? Uh, the Sheikh, um, um, I think there are more than 120, more than 120 commentaries on the Fusus al-Hikam. And all of them, the majority are Gnostics, high-level high, high Gnostics. For example, uh, Sheikh al-Qashani, uh, Sheikh al-Qaisari, uh, Sheikh Sidi Abdul Ghani, uh, al-Nabulsi, and, uh, and, and more. For me, all of them are great. All of them, like when I read Al-Qashani, is the manifestation of Sheikh Al-Qashani in his explanation of what the Fusus is trying to say. Sheikh Al-Qaisari is the same. And I, I'm reading Al-Qaisari's interpretation. So every one of them is providing a unique view. All of them are beautiful and all of them are acceptable. But for me, uh, uh, the beneficial for uh, seekers is the one by Sheikh Abdul Ghani in Nabulsi. Why? Because Sheikh Abdul Ghani in Nabulsi, it's a long commentary, and also Sheikh Abdul Ghani in Nabulsi is grounded in Sharia. He's a Hanafi scholar. So when he explains, he explains it not from a, a perspective of high Gnosticism, but grounded in Sharia. Similar to what Imam al-Ghazali did in his book, Al-Ihya. So I think Sheikh Abdul Ghani in Nabulsi, but we can draw from each of the, each one of them, and also as I said, the book itself. When you come reading uh, the book with an open heart, the book itself will open up and decipher its meanings to you. Like for example, if we are reading in a reading circle, Allah might give someone an opening. That person, he or she, might add uh, a unique meaning which was never mentioned before to us. Mm. Allah might give it to anyone. Okay, so that's why Imam Ali he said, mu'min." Yani, uh, wisdom is some uh, is lost somewhere. It's the role of the believer to seek it wherever it is. Mm. So this is the beauty of reading books, s- such books, is that it uh, talks and speaks to the the heart and to the open heart, and meanings can sprout anywhere. Then <laughs> you take the meaning. Mm. And so could you give us an example of um, one of your favorite lines or two from the Fasus and what uh, Sheikh Abdul Ghani Nabulsi says about it? And maybe if possible, if you have Qaisri at hand and Jandi at hand, what, what they would say about it? Give us like have, a flavor, yeah. please. Uh, I have the books right me with Nam, but, uh, right now, but uh, I don't have any specific... Uh, uh, writing. So maybe when we begin reading it, mm-hmm. we can show the the, the, the differences mm-hmm. that are that are mentioned. But uh, as I said, the book uh, commentary, Jawahirun Nusus, the jewels of uh, the writings, Fihalli Kalimatul Fusus, in answering the words of the Fusus by Sheikh Abdulani Nabulsi. I think we can make this the main book that we read from. And then we can draw from Al-Qaisari and uh, Al-Qashani and uh, other commentators on the on the Fusus. Yeah. What about uh, Jandi? I've heard uh, from Angela Jaffrey. Yes. He's um, uh, a lovely, offers a lovely commentary. 
and, I and don't it, have a journey, but I can find it and we can read also draw from it also as well. Draw from it, okay. Because I believe Al, Al Qaisiri was a student of Jandi. Yes. So I think yeah, Al Qaisiri also must have drawn from his uh, from his sheikh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, also, could you just say something <coughs> around this early tradition of commentary? So you mentioned Kashani, Jandi, Qaisiri. Could you say something about this lineage and who these people were and, and how yes. they were related? Uh, this is the line of the uh, Akbariya. Like uh, Sheikh Sadr al-Din al-Qanawi, he wrote uh, the book and read it on the Sheikh Sidi Muhyiddin. Okay, and uh, I think uh, Sadr al-Din al-Qanawi gave and read it to Jandi, Jandi gave it to Qaisir and then Qaisir to Qashani and, and so on. So there's a direct lineage from Sheikh to Sheikh going back to Sheikh Sidi Muhyiddin Arabi. That's why, as I said, uh, it's forbidden for, for anyone to uh, read and critique or misunderstand such high mystical, metaphysical books unless uh, that person has a Sheikh and the sheikh gave him permission to read and recite such books. Mm-hmm. So these books must be read on agnostic, and also at the same time, the students who are reading such books uh, must be given, and they have shiuch and other must be given permission to read such books, because if they don't have such permission, the harm of reading such books will be much more than its benefit. Its benefit, yes. Yes. So, Sidi, uh, could you say something about the jaza that you have in terms of the Akbari line and obviously those who are drawn to, to study with you um, to reiterate what you said if they are people of the way have some sort of opening have some sort of zok uh, and have permission from their teacher or their sheikh and, and then want to study with you um, the fact that you're not appro- approaching this merely as an academic text but as a spiritual text, and that your you yourself have uh, an ijaza uh, of the Akbari line. Yeah, uh, I have an uh, ijaza uh, to all of the books and writings of Sheikh Muhyiddin ibn Arabi from uh, a sheikh in Egypt. His name is Sheikh Mustafa Al Nadawi, and his sheikh was Sheikh Abul Hassan Al Nadawi. So I have the ijaza going back to Sheikh Muhyiddin ibn Arabi through. My Sheikh, Sheikh Mustafa, one of my Sheikh, Sheikh Mustafa Nadawi, and Sheikh Abul Hassan uh, Al Nadawi. And also, I have other ijazat uh, in uh, books, for example, from Habib Omar. I have ijazah uh, uh, in uh, reading and narrating all of the books of the Alawi uh, Tariqa. I have also ijazah in the Tariqa Tijaniya. I have also ijazah in Tariqa Al Ahmadiyya Al Badawi, Sidi Ahmad Al Badawi. I have also ijazah uh, for other turuq, and Naqshabandiya, Saharawardiya, Jishtiya, all other turuq. But my main path, my main uh, tariqah is the Tijani uh, tariqah, tariqah So your, the ijazah, the Akbari ijazah you got from Sheikh Al-Nadwi, could you tell us mm. more about your teacher and what you, um, how you, uh, that ijazah was given? Was it reading the books with your Sheikh or... Was it uh, traveling the path in the Akbari, uh, Akbarian way, or uh, what? How did he confer that um, 
uh, responsibility. My yes, yeah. my 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 uh, first tariqa, my first path was the tariqa al badawiyah, al ahmadi al badawiyah, and then I moved to the tariqa al tijaniyah, and I had a spiritual teacher who trained me spiritually. It's uh, back in nineteen ninety-seven. Uh, Sheikh Ahmad Idris. He was from Niger. He was a student of Sheikh Ibrahim Nias al Kaulahi. Sheikh Ibrahim Nias was a student of Sheikh Ahmad Sukairij, and Sheikh Ahmad Sukairij goes back his uh, asanid to uh, Sheikh Ahmad uh, Al Tijan. So, a person who has reached or attained a spiritual opening and given permission to teach the path and train others, you do not ask for it. So, the Sheikh give it to you. Even if you don't want, like I don't want people, I, I, I like to be aloof and anonymous. Uh, if the shiuch give you this permission, that is permission uh, f- from God. So you are giving da'wah from Allah and uh, through Allah's permission. So Sidi, thank you so much. It's been an honor to uh, speak to you again and I really look forward to starting these courses on the Hikmah where we can uh, learn Arabic grammar of the Quran and also have a reading circle on the Fasus al-Hikam. Inshallah, thank you very much. It was my pleasure uh, and honor speaking about these uh, esteemed shiukh, of course, the highest Sidi Muhammad ibn Arabi and the shiukh Sidi Ahmad al-Badawi and Sidi Ahmad al-Tijani and Sidi Abu al-Hassan al-Shadri and all of these Uh, highly esteemed and beloved uh, awliya and arifuna of Allah.